Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast here at moresportsnow.com. I am John McAlevey coming to you from my home studio slash bedroom in New Providence. And on the phone with me are my MSN brethren, Matt Lachlan and Steve Titchener, who live so close they could probably hit each other's house with a rock. As you can tell, we are practicing our social distancing. Well, gentlemen, after months of having no sports to talk about, just Johnny, me- by the way, I'm sorry, I want to interrupt for a second. Did you make your bed today? <laughs> Let me look over my shoulder. Um, not yet. Not yet. All but right. don't tell anybody yet. At least we just told the told the whole world. But uh just uh now, guys, after merely conjecture and what ifs and what might be's, sports are almost back again, or are they? With the recent spike in coronavirus cases, most of which we understand are in younger Americans who some did not even know that they had it prior to being tested, and they seem to fare better with this menace, so that is a positive side. But now there's some voices saying, whoa, 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 let's slow down here, not so fast. So I will throw it out to you guys. At this point, I will believe that leagues will begin playing when I see it with my own two eyes. Steve, why don't I throw it out to you to start with? What are you thinking right now? Well, you know, I'm thinking college football, you know, because I'm a huge fan. I'm a season ticket uh, holder for Rutgers. And I'm excited, obviously, about, you know, Greg Schiano coming to the banks, the new season. And then yet uh, the new president for uh, Rutgers, uh, Jonathan Holloway said yesterday uh, via com that it's far from certain that there will be a season this fall, basically what he said. So, I mean, there you go. Uh, right there when the president's telling you, uh, don't count on it. Um, you know, now the recent spikes uh, ac- across the country in COVID cases, there's a big concern that, you know, we're not going to have a season now. And you know, I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, I mean, guys, we have a, we have a sports site and, and we love sports and, and uh, we want to talk about sports and there are no sports. So it, it's very difficult, but you, you know, and you want people to stay safe and healthy and, and, uh, uh, but you want, I want college football. So that's really what's on my mind. And, uh, it looks right now, just like from what everybody's saying that it, it, hold on, it's far from certain. So, uh, um, uh, that's where we are right now and just hope that uh you know this uh this is in fact just a spike with these cases across the country and that it uh that it drops again and uh and the fall we'll we'll see better uh we'll see uh, a better climate come this fall and then we can uh we can have uh we can have football uh, you know i think there there are a couple of issues here i do hope that we have football as well and from a selfish standpoint as an employee of a national hockey league team of course i'm hoping that the league's return to play goes without many hitches there'll be a hitch i mean players have already tested positive uh, for the disease and I, I think to a degree cooler heads need to prevail get away from the headlines for a bit and dig deeper into what we're talking about but i do have you know, obviously a selfish reason for wanting the league to return and for all leagues to return. That being said, you read a story or you hear something. There was a, a data scientist at the University of Illinois yesterday who said, you know, based on numbers, if all 13,000 FBS players come back, that 30 to 50 percent of them will get the disease. Uh, he said there will be deaths, which is a slap in the face. And it just makes you open your eyes and go, whoa. That being said, what is the risk we're willing to accept in life? 
to proceed with some sense of normalcy. And I think the problem is this virus continues to shift and swerve. And while we've done a great job in the Northeast of hammering it down and flattening the curve, we still have cases, not nearly as many as we did early. But what does that mean? Are, you know, if you're the president of Rutgers, are you willing to say, no, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. Greg Schiano's going to run a team out there and we're going to have a great year. But what are they talking about in Illinois? Like Chicago's had some spikes. I know it's not where the university is located, but does the governor in Illinois, does the president of the university system there say, well, no, wait a minute, we'd love to have Rutgers come here or we'd love to go to New Jersey. So I think there's still so much uncertainty, but I do go back to my initial point. Let's really not get caught up in the headlines. Let's dig a little deeper because later on in the story that that data scientist uh, was quoted in, you know, he went down to say most of those people who will be infected, that 30 to 50 percent, will be asymptomatic or will have very small symptoms, uh, little symptoms, minor symptoms, and that because they're younger and they're in a situation where they're getting top-notch medical attention and care, most likely there won't be that much damage on a major end, although he did say there will be some deaths. So is the headline deaths to come if college football returns? Could be. Is it? Yes, but we have risks. Then again, should college students take those risks? That's another story, too. They're not being paid. They're getting a scholarship. Uh, you know, who's advocating for them? Whereas the NHLPA and MLBPA, NBAPA, and FLPA, the players' associations, are all advocating for their members. Yes. And, you know, there, there's not like a growing, you know, crescendo, but you're starting to hear some folks. Um, I know that in the NBA, Willie Cauley-Stein is not going to play. I think he and his wife are expecting a baby. He's not going to come back. I know that Ian Desmond wrote a um, a very heartfelt Instagram post recently that's got, that got a lot of acclaim. It was about not only the coronavirus, but the uh, social injustice that's going on in the world. He is not going to play. He wants to stay home with his children and his family. Um, and then you see someone uh, like Rick Pitino came out the other day, and he's fine with, and we're talking about college basketball, which doesn't is a winter sport for the most part. Um, he is good with pushing the season back into January. He says maybe it'll give us an opportunity to bide some more time for vaccines. And so, you know, you're starting to hear people say, whoa, 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 let's, let's hold back a little bit here and um, wait until there's a little bit more that we know about this. Now, I know, Steve, college football is your first uh, sport that rolls around for Rutgers, but college basketball is really the thing that has uh, has you lit up inside because you had such a great season at Rutgers. What would it be like if you had to wait for college hoops until 2021? Well, it was very difficult to lose out on the on the tournament. You know, Rutgers was going to make their first uh the trip to uh, the tournament in 30 years. So that was a tough one right there. And so now the reality is when they're, when this, this team is ready to, you know, get, push up into the, uh, the top level of the big 10 uh, and then they have the horses to do it. And Michael's doing a great job to, 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 to not be able to get on the court again. 
you know, I know this is all selfish reasons, but, you know, Rutgers' basketball program is looking really good. You want to see him get out on the court. So that's another tough one. It, it's it's going to be tough, but uh, we have to see how things evolve in, in, in the fall. I mean, uh, you know, right now, I mean, look, we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, you know, the Northeast got got the, the virus under control. And now we're seeing all these states where now they, they travel to the Northeast. They have to quarantine for 14 days. You know, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, you know, Florida, Georgia, all this, all, you know, all these, uh, I think there's some eight states or so. And so because they're seeing, you know, it's like the COVID cases. So um, what does this all mean? I mean, it, we, we thought we thought this was going, this virus was going away. It was, that looked, that appeared to be what the trend was. And then just recently in the last few weeks, that has not been the case. So and what does that mean for Major League Baseball also? That that are they they're reporting to uh, spring training and they're they're planning summer on, camp uh, summer camp yeah. it's fun and games it's not spring training it's summer camp we're <laughs> okay. gonna have painting and arts and crafts it's summer camp yes sure <laughs> right we're gonna make right. necklaces so, with macaroni necklaces right we're going back to those yeah. days <laughs> so are we in are we in denial here is that what this is I mean, no I, I no I I think people understand that we're going to have to live with this. I don't think anybody thought it was going away. We, All of the scientists said it wasn't going away. The best we could do is tamp it down dramatically and reduce its impact. But until there is a vaccine, we know the virus is going to be out there. And it's just a matter of, you know, what it decides to do and how it mutates and, and how we're going to be affected by it. So it has, quote unquote, gone away in the Northeast, but it hasn't really. It's just been significantly reduced because of what we've done. Yeah. If we go back to being open again and you know we see what's happened around the country, this virus hasn't gone away. It's going to come right. back. So I don't think, I, I think we just had to figure out measures, have to continue to figure out measures to see how it works. But I don't know what will happen? So it's going to be wait and see. I mean, you know, the NHL, all these sports have just said we're going to keep going. The NHL uh, is having its players from overseas come in by this weekend so that they can get the proper quarantine in and that they can begin practices toward the later part of the month. And then the season will go. Baseball's playing a July 23rd opening. Uh, football has just announced two less preseason games. For some reason, one in four. I'm not really sure why, but nonetheless, yeah. preseason games right? have been reduced. Uh, so as we get more information, we continue to refine our approach. And then it will just come down to some self-discipline. You're going to have these athletes in Florida if the NBA continues to press for Orlando, which, by the way, somebody pointed out that Orlando or Disney World is like, 46 square miles so <laughs> it's a big piece of property it is you, you should be able to quarantine there fairly easily yeah. but if you start to break it and you know we know what the chain is did the food server decide to go out and go to a club and did he or she get it or did yes. the person he or she is living with and we know what the chain is so we're just going to have to bob and weave a little bit uh as more action resumes and more results of that resumption occur and, and we'll see we'll see where we go for basketball college hoops i'm not too concerned about it starting in january that's basically when college conferences begin yes the beginning mm -hmm. of the year is nice it's exciting and there are tournaments and teams get to travel places and teams play their cupcakes and get some right. layup wins etc but the meat of the schedule begins in january really
Mm-hmm. So if we have to wait, if we have to push the college basketball season six months into, or six weeks rather, uh, into what would be a normal season. That's not too bad. But we'll know more once football occurs. And hey, how come nobody's talking about men's soccer right. or women's soccer? Or nobody's talking about uh, the track and field team, cross country team. Nobody's talking about the tennis teams, the golf teams. Uh, all of these are student athletes. Yes. And they're all going to be subject to the same thing by trying to start it. And by the way, see, if you have a son who's going to be a sophomore at Pitt, Forget about the football team. Forget about the basketball team. I don't know what the uh, the sophomore class is like population-wise. How about them? What are we exposing them to potentially? How does the yeah. school going to protect them? And what are the risks you as a parent, your son uh, as a youngster, are willing to take? Or what precautions will he take to say, you know what? I'll go to school, but no, you know? I know part of that way. experience is going to that club or whatever, or that hangout where everybody goes, or the games or whatever, the library, uh, you know, on and on, concerts, et cetera. Come on, but, man. You know He's, what, in He's in the library. He's in the library all week huh. long, like I was. <laughs> and so, I'm with you, John. Yeah. Thank goodness we didn't have any of these things. He had no. some other issues when I was yes. when I was in, uh, an undergrad. But yeah, you know, and, and so... I'm not blaming all young people. I think there's been a broad brush. Oh, those young people go and party and they go to the Ozarks and down the shore. But no, um, what, what do you do with some of these? Well, the young kids who are in college. For, you know, my son's case, the, the plan for Pitt still is in place to, to start in mid-August. And they're going to uh, wrap up the semester uh, by the, the, by the uh, Thanksgiving break, which is what a lot of schools are doing. And that plan is still in place as far as, you know, just this, just we were discussing it a couple days ago. Yeah. And from what I understand, there was a spike in cases in Allegheny County. So there's issues out there. No and, doubt. Uh, and so there's decisions that have to be made. I mean, he, he can take classes remotely. There is that option, you know, but we, we want him to have the college experience. We want him, and, sure. you know, he wants to go back. You know, he loved it his first year and he wants to get back to Pitt. So, and then you have the question of is if the, if the students can, can go back and report, then can, can uh, the sports be played with, again, without the, without the, the, the uh, crowd and, yeah. and yeah. such. And so that's, it's, a, it's a big, uh, it's a big question. If school's on and then can, can the sports leagues, um, play as well and let me correct myself because i was i said it was eight um states that that had to self-quarantine if they visit the northeast uh the tri-state area anyway that's that's expanded to 16 states well it is voluntary so yes we're you know so far we're not going to have the state police or the county sheriffs checking everyone who crosses the border and (laughs) not on their door i hope not Mm -hmm. yeah Here's a question. Here's a question, fellas. We talk about the athletes and um, how they feel about all of this. Um, I did a little digging the other day about um, thinking about some of these coaches. And and we know health or, health experts have told us that, you know, folks 65 and older are, you know, the most vulnerable to this coronavirus. Now, I know in the NBA, there's three coaches that fit into that area. Greg Popovich is 71, Mike D'Antoni is 69, and Alvin Gentry is 65. So there's some talk that maybe these older coaches, not only not only in the NBA, but in college sports, in the NHL, in the NFL, whether these guys are going to want to put themselves at risk and, you know, be in the locker room all the time and be on the sidelines. What do you think about maybe some of these guys saying, I don't know whether I can do this with this going on right now? 
Well, I think it's an individual choice, just like Steve's son going back to Pittsburgh or how he goes back. Is it remote? Does he live on campus, off campus? Does he take a, a, a year off and, I don't know, play more play more video games like those guys? Believe me, that's what he'll be doing, you know? No doubt, no doubt. My son is the same way. I mean, he's right. a little older, but in basically the same demographic. Uh, so it's all individual choices. So if Greg Popovich decides not to coach, that's his choice. Now, what are the ramifications? Does San Antonio pay him, not pay him? Um, what is the impact on their team? We agree that, I think we do anyway, that Pop is one of the great coaches, certainly of this time, maybe all time. So what's the impact there? Milwaukee has done the same with two older coaches. They said, listen, we don't even watch around. Never mind summer camp. Forget it. We have a season. Stay home. We will pay you. Uh, and both of them are in their 60s. So I think there's a lot of individual choices that can be made. And then you have to live with the consequences of those decisions. And if that means you're not getting paid, then you're not getting paid. But I think people individually have to make a stand. This is what I'm willing to do. You, know, you, know, you hear all the arguments. Ah, you know, you don't need to wear a mask. Oh, yes, you do need to wear a mask. I happen to wear a mask. Um, I don't wear it when I'm in my backyard. I don't wear it at the dinner table with my family. But when I go out, and I know I'm supposed to wear it when I go into stores. And so it's almost like, well, that's a no-brainer, man. Of course you do. But I have no problem wearing a mask if it's going to help you. The greater good, my right? My germs are going to you. You know, it's not about me being afraid of what you're going to give to me. It's more my respect for you that I'm not going to give you what I may have unknowingly. Um, and so I have no problem. With that. Like I said, I think it's an individual decision. That being said, there are consequences of that. And that's why I wouldn't encourage people not to wear a mask just based on individual liberty and freedoms. I think you're imposing on me. And I think that's a little bit where we draw the line. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I know just at, at the brewery in, in terms of the mask, you know, go, go up to a table. And a lot of times, you know, we're required, the, the servers are required to wear masks. And a lot of times we go up to the table and people are like, we're not worried about it. If you're not worried about it, you can take the mask off. Now we keep them on because we, we don't have an option. But there's a lot of uh, people that are, are, it's you know, are not worried about it. So there are there are people that um, that uh, uh, make sure that they have a mask on at all times, and then there's others that are just uh, just not not worried about it at all. So, uh, and I, that has to go a lot to do with the, the younger generation too. And that's and let's face it, you know, these athletes. I mean, the, the amount of deaths of you know of uh, people under i think 44 is like in the hundreds it's like it's it's uh it, it's a, a virus that has not threatened younger people so that's a big part of all this mm-hmm. um can you imagine if that wasn't the case it would be just completely uh, it would be a completely different situation but the sure. fact that it doesn't threaten younger people yes is uh it, but yet you can be a carrier and then you can go and, and affect older people and yeah. so there's, and then uh, our healthcare system gets overrun again, which you right. know, we're starting to see in some spots. And, and believe me, I am hardly uh, any wilting wallflower who is afraid of getting too much sun or, you know, any of those things. I mean, I, I live my life, but there are some realities. And we see spikes in some cities where now their ICU wards are being filled up. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen the return uh, of some of the scenarios that we endured here in New Jersey. And I don't think we want to go through that. I think, you know, in New York and New Jersey, we saw so much and read so much about deaths. And I agree with you, Steve. We did a, we've did done a terrible job with our elderly population 
the nursing homes, uh, the prisons, out west, midwest, the meatpacking plants where people are just so tight to each other. Terrible job with that. Uh, that being said, the numbers do skew older. And then I go back to my initial point of let's continue to dig in the, into the numbers and see what the real risks are. Because even, even at full-blown uh, COVID-19, the risk was still very small that you would get it. Yeah. And even smaller still that you would die from it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we need to do more. But I think having our uh, medical system overrun again is not anything that we would want to recommend. Not at all. And how about turning our attention to the field a little bit? We'll um, hit a little baseball here. We spoke with Kevin Kernan last week. He was kind enough to join us, and he's always got a great point of view. He's got his finger right on the pulse of uh, of Major League Baseball. And he was saying how this 60-game schedule is really a sprint, so you had better get off to a good start. How much pressure do you think Aaron Boone will be under if the Yankees get off to a sluggish start here with that huge payroll and all of the talent that they have. Um, what do you think, Matt, if if they start out slowly and the, you know, the boo bird, well, there won't be any boo birds because there won't be anybody in the stands. <laughs> they'll pipe it in on the Yes Network. Yeah, they'll pipe it in. But I mean, it could be, it could make him, I mean, obviously they're not going to fire him, but it could make his seat a little hot if they get off to a slow start because nope. 60 games is coming up on you quick. I mean, you're in the home stretch already. No doubt. And I don't know if that length of time will change the thinking of ownership and general managers. Will they sit down collectively? Certainly, individually, things will change. But will there be a collective thought, an overall thought that says, you know what, this is such an odd season. We can't judge anybody on that. You know, uh, unless we go 0-60, Aaron Boone's going to be our manager. Right. Because how? when do you make that decision? Now, if George Steinbrenner was still the owner, he could make the decision and would six games in and say, that's enough, you're August out. August 10th. Yeah, that's not that's not how his uh, son runs things, a little bit more of a measured approach. And so at what point do you make that decision that if I pull the plug and I bring in somebody else or I elevate a bench coach, do I have enough time to turn it around anyway? So what's what's the point? I don't know. I don't know if you raised the white flag. I don't know if Aaron Boone or any of the guys who have talented teams are under much less pressure, but they might be just because of the novelty of the times we live in. I would think so. I think that if you're ever going to get a pass, it's this year. So I don't think that there's any, there's expectations for the Yankees, but I I just would be completely unfair. Come on. If uh, in fact they don't, they do underperform. Mm. You know, with with this climate to to make a judgment and and put them on the hot seat, it's just there's just not enough time now. I would think that this would favor the Yankees because the teams that are loaded from the jump that don't necessarily have to find themselves and develop themselves throughout the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those teams that are just loaded with the pitchers, with the with the lineup from the jump, as long as they don't get a slow start, and the Yankees oftentimes have yeah get a slow start. That's so, what I mean. Yeah. Um. So they, but. You know, I would think this would, might favor them, but the, the you know the team that gets out of the gate is obviously I mean because it's such a short season. That's, that's the team that's gonna um, that's gonna run the table from the beginning because there's no time for any you know any pennant races. There's no time for any uh, 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 to you know we see this all the time. You see a team that you think is completely out of it, 
in, in um, you know, June and July, and boom, they're there at the end of the season when they got a couple, they put a couple hot streaks together. And that this year, it's just going to be the team that comes out of the jump early, and just uh, they're the ones who are going to um, are going to have the success. Yeah, yeah. A slow start will doom you, no question. There'll be such limited time to to get back into it. It'll be very, very interesting. I, I, I as we record this, uh, and I didn't really check this morning before we hopped on the line with each other, but I don't think baseball has yet issued the schedule. As of last night, they had not. I mentioned July 23rd. That's been the rumored start. But when the schedules come out, and again, they'll be different looking than ever, it will be a lot of fun to kind of go through, let's say for me, the Mets schedule and sit there and go, well, wait a minute. I know they, they should be better. We'll see. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a doubting Thomas. But hey, wait a minute. They're playing Florida. I got Florida six times in the first 10 games. Hey, that's a great week. That's, you know, guaranteed five wins or whatever, yeah. um, as much as you should not take anyone for granted in sports. But uh, it'll be some of that fun, too. Like, who has the easier schedule at the beginning? Yes. And as a Mets fan, won't it be a lot of fun to play the Yankees more, hopefully beat them a little bit, and shut those Yankee fans up because they are arrogant as you Boston Red Sox fans. Sorry, I said that. It's out there, boys. It's out. There. No, it's true. It's out. It's out there, and we'll have to see. I have no idea what to expect from our Red Sox. And you know, funny, um, we were talking about when teams decide to to do certain things when the trade deadline comes up. There's there's also some talk. I had seen an article on uh, ESPN.com. I think it was that the Dodgers would have a decision to make if if they got off to a slow start. There's talk that the Dodgers might even put Mookie Betts, who they will have for maybe like 30 games, they might even have to put him on the block because, as we all know, he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. So there's some crazy stuff. I mean, there's a lot of good players that, that teams might want to see what they can get for them if they fall out of this quickly. It could be a really wild and wooly trade deadline that's going to be coming up very, very soon. We just got to get to 2021. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, there's just so much, there's so many variables out there and, uh, and who knows, uh, how this is all going to play out, especially, uh, with the, in the fall looming. And then even with MLB, I mean, what if there's a, whether there's a spike within a team, we talked a little bit about that yesterday, uh, last week, um, with Kevin, you know, if you get a breakout within with with one team, I mean, how you know how it's going to affect quite a bit. We we even saw with the PGA, right? We we saw the, the PGA that they were they were clean right down the jump, and then all of a sudden Nick Watney and then a caddy here and a caddy there uh, test positive, and then you, all of a sudden you think, wow, this is uh, this this thing this virus is very much still here. Yeah. Matt, and, you know how um, that works being around teams for for many many years. It if if one guy gets it oftentimes it goes through the clubhouse, right? You know how that goes. Oh, for sure. For sure. And now there's uh, obviously even more of a reason to be on top of that and test. And I think in the past John, you know, what would happen in that circumstance. So player A comes into a hockey locker room or NBA dressing room whatever and he's got what we all call the flu, right? Uh he's at stomach, sweating. Now the training staff would say, Hey, listen, go home, miss practice. Yeah. But he might have spent forty five minutes coming in early, having breakfast with the boys, feeling like garbage, but still talking to them, patting right. them on the back, touching the coffee pot, spitting, spitting, spitting into a cup rather yeah. than on the rug. But you know, and all of a sudden then it does start to go because mm-hmm. it's kinda like, Oh, you were sick, but, you know. All right, now go home after we knew, but 
no one's ever said, don't come in if you're that sick. And, he, and I think now it'll be a little different. There'll be a lot more testing and they'll immediately get people out of the system before uh, they allow them to have contact with people. But, you know, it's an imperfect system. Nothing is perfect. Uh, if you test every day, what if there's a lag? On and on and on. We don't know when the symptoms get spread from person to person. We don't know when you first get it and it shows up. There's all sorts of data that suggests dates from being exposed to being symptomatic, et cetera, et cetera. But we really don't know. So the best you can do is test every day. And as soon as someone's temperature spikes, send them to another room. Don't even let them in the facility. And, you know, keep your fingers crossed, I guess. And and I'd imagine they'd look at MLB and see how things go uh, in terms of uh, uh, players being infected, the testing, how it's all working. And that'll that'll come into play for you know the fall and for college football and the NFL and such. That uh, I'd imagine they'd be looking closely at these leagues and yeah. then, uh, obviously the NHL and the NBA. Yes, yeah, sure. as well. Well, we for saw sure. when uh, when Rudy Gobert tested positive. That was it. Remember, Rutgers was on the court doing their layup lines, and when yes. the NBA canceled, that was like you know what through a goose. I mean, that was all over with. All the leagues were done. The Big East actually played the first half of uh, I think it was St. John's and Georgetown, and then they finally got out of there and it was over. So yeah, there could be a slippery slope and we'll see what happens with um, college will obviously take the lead of the uh, professional teams, I would think. And I'm curious, I'm going to do a little research and then maybe next week, well, hopefully we'll have more, at least positive news about sports. The NHL's players will have come in and not that many tested positive for it, but they're still in self-quarantine, et cetera. Um, and hopefully we can get back to talking about sports, uh, although there'll be no games. My point is, I want to find out what's happening in European soccer. Europe, though northern Italy, Milan, was certainly a hot spot, and parts of Spain incredibly overrun with the disease, death and destruction. But Europe had more of a clampdown, the exception of Sweden, mentality, and they kind of they shut things down quickly and across the country, whereas here we've kind of had a state-by-state, region-by-region approach. Anyway, soccer's been back now for a few weeks in Germany uh, and in England. You know, for me, the two principal leagues, uh, sorry, all you Syria offense, but Mm -hmm. I haven't really read or seen much about players having gotten the disease. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the players do when Liverpool is done. Sure, they come into their stadium there, check the temperatures, and it's a rigorous protocol that's followed. Okay. But what happens when they go home? Yeah. Um, and I, I have to do a little bit more research because I've not seen many stories or many headlines saying, oh, my goodness, the return to play has been horrible for the EPL or for the Bundesliga. So many players have become sick. Coaches have become sick. This was a mistake. It seems to be they figured something out. Again, it may be the country's approach to how they handle things, although England's certainly wasn't exemplary. Uh, so I, I don't I, I don't know. And both of those leagues have players coming from other countries as well to play in them. So I'm going to have to do a little research. That that may tell us a tale as well in addition to what happens here. Something tells me that, that they're doing okay because um, I believe if, if it was rampant again and, and things were getting pretty ugly, that it would be all over the place. The media would, would run sure. to highlight that. That would be something that would be high on their priority. And why don't I leave you with this, gentlemen? We're talking about professional sports coming back and our, our great athletes getting back on the field. 
This weekend usually marks uh, when another great athlete takes center stage. And I'm wondering whether or not Joey Chestnut will be able to <laughs> scarf down 400 hot dogs. I mean, has that been canceled? I haven't looked. I'm assuming that no. that's canceled. No, it's not. It's on. It's They're going to socially really. distance pig out in, uh, in Coney yes, Island. Be no crowds. I don't think they've announced where it's going to be held. Um, I don't think it's virtual where all the contestants are in their own place. But there'll be no crowds. Uh, it won't be on Coney Island, but there'll be still the disgusting, can I get 75 hot dogs down in whatever it is, 10 minutes or something like. It's just, it's, you know what it, I don't know, I'm exaggerating here. But in some ways, doesn't it speak, and I love this country to America, though. It does. Like, we have, we have so many health issues here. We, it's the greatest country in the world. Yes. We have the biggest uh, gross national product. We have great scientists, and yet, we allow garbage to be sold and we willingly ingest it. Oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it has nothing to do with meat. You know, for those who don't know, I know you boys do. I'm a vegetarian. I'm not opposed to meat eaters. Do what you want. That, again, that's your own individual choice. But a hot dog? <laughs> it's not, the hot dog's not even good enough if it's a beef hot dog to be a steak yeah. <laughs> or a rib. We'll call them you tube steaks. In, you know it's in a beef hot dog? Yes. It's all the other stuff they can't sell. Yes. And they put it next casing in the that. casing. Oh, my yes. God. that's it. Not saying they weren't good, right? I'm not saying they don't taste good. Oh, no, I listen. I, but the, and the amount of salt. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Matt's and, working and, on and behalf of Oscar Mayer. Di- a digestive system. And then and then to multiply that by how many does the guy eat? Like uh, 70, how many does he eat? It's something yeah, ridiculous. In like the that. 70s or 80s, and, and it's that little <laughs> dance. And he purges he... himself. That's a great idea. Yeah. Let's have a cut. Now, he's made a ton of money. God bless him. This is America. Yeah. But let, let's encourage that. Let's he's see professional. How many hot dogs you can encourage. And then off camera, sticking his fingers down his throat. To yes. Bring it all up again. Yeah, but oh. you, know, you know what's even more impressive? But it's on, John. It is on. It, well, I'm going to have to find some it. traditions. Some traditions must be maintained. They must go on. But how about the thing that's really impressive about all that is it's it's not just the hot dog, but they eat the bun too. I mean, you're. I know they soak them down in the water. I still don't understand what that does. I guess it makes it easier to go down the chute. But the hot dog and the bun, and they do that little dance with their body where they kind of contort to get everything down. Is yeah. uh, is a mess. So I will be looking out for that. But just real quickly, <laughs> what are you guys doing um, to to commemorate the fourth? Are you doing any socially distancing picnics or barbecues or anything like that? Because I am basically hanging out up here, not really doing all that much. Well, I, you know, we're I work. I'm going to be at the brewery, and there's no fireworks. So we're thinking that people are going to be like, "Well, let's go to the brewery." You know, I can't go. So it might actually ching. It, it might be busy. It might actually, uh, we might get a bump in uh, in uh, business because people are looking for a place to go. Now there's going to be a lot of barbecues and all that stuff going on as well, too. But the firework thing kind of changes things a little bit. I think I think people are going to be looking to, to, to do other things. Yeah. So How about you, Matt? Anything special for the Lachlan crew? Uh, nothing really. We'll be down the shore. Not sure which day. Uh, we're doing a show on a Thursday. So Friday... Uh, Maggie and I will be just doing some stuff around the house. We've been doing it like a lot of people, tremendous amount of work and, uh, cleaning out stuff, rearranging stuff, having work done in the house just because we can. And the time, uh, it, it enables us to 
to do it. Somebody can always be home to let somebody in to do some work. Um, so that'll be tomorrow. Saturday, I think we will go to the beach. Not sure where. Uh, my sister lives in Allenhurst. For those who aren't familiar, that is uh, north of Asbury, the next town up along the Jersey Shore. Uh, we may see her. We may not because her daughter is coming in long story but coming in from connecticut has a young child nice uh is pregnant with a second child and so there's a little sense of caution in the air so we may not uh we may not see them this weekend and then sunday sunday i'm gonna golf there you go (laughs) and and that's kind of the that's kind of the holiday but i think on 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 saturday we'll be down the shore somewhere see we make our way toward belmar maybe we'll help the business there Hey, we've got for, we've got side we've got sidewalk service and it's going well. There you um, go. As long as the weather's wet, it's because we have no coverage. So we've been having showers all week when it rains. Yeah. Like, well, all right, we'll yeah. figure it out. But well, yeah. that's what I was thinking yesterday because in, in our town uh, in Westfield, the storms blew through late in the afternoon, uh, early afternoon, I guess, and and stayed with us. And I thought, wow, the notion of outdoor dining sounds appealing in a way that you can, and it is, and you can make some money if you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, I know here in town, they've closed off some streets to be able to expand it, et cetera. But, um, but mother nature, mother nature can put the kibosh on that pretty quickly. She yeah. has a say yeah, in all we, of this too, for, right? For us, it's gotta be a sunny day, man, or, you know, nice uh, dry weather. Yeah. Or, uh, and we get these showers, man. It clears everybody out. This is the way it goes. Well, speaking, yeah, of, a, speaking of a sunny day, we got to get you guys out to Fox Hollow for a round of golf this summer. Planning for sure. Yeah. Yep. I was Would speaking love to with... do that. And listen, I got uh, I got Joey Chestnut's numbers. You ready? 2018. Yeah. Yes. He, 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 has, he has the world record, 74 hot dogs. <gasps> okay. Last year, he fell short. He had 71 last year, so he fell short of his record. Slacker. Break that record this year, and it's on. It's on for 2020. So He's a slacker. He's the the odds-on favorite, and he's looking to break his record of 74 hot dogs. I don't think I've had 74 hot dogs in the last 10 years. What about you? Well, I know, Matt, you haven't had them in a while. No, I haven't. Steve? What's the over-under? I'm not a big, big hot dog guy, but every now and then I'll go to Windmill because they have great hot dogs. Oh, you could crush every a few there, right? Yeah. Yes. Every now and then I'll, I'll go over there and, and, and get a hot dog for sure. Yeah. Well, throw, I'll throw in an ad for uh, Galloping Hill Inn. Yes. That's still the name of it. Is that what they call five points? Yes, it is. Five oh, roads, yes. Five roads come into one in Union. And yep. uh, yeah. Sit when, on the benches was, there, right, Matt? Exactly. And when, when I was... Uh, when I was eating meat, uh, a complete, as they called it, was awesome. I, uh, with a beer, great location. It's oh. still open. Uh, I think it's still called Galloping Hill. It is, Inn. yeah. My dad used to take uh, us and there. I know that's, that, yeah, that's got some great dogs. I was never a boiled hot dog guy. Like, that would work in a pinch. But you grill them up, and that skin became crispy. Mm. Throw some mustard, maybe a little onions on it. Awesome. Matt, with with all your time spent out at the old Brendan Byrne Arena, did you ever make it over to Rutt's Hut in your days? I did not. Oh, I know that's a classic. What a not. great place! Let me tell you, you walk, you open the door there, and it's like walking back in time. You sit down at your table, and the first thing you want is to have a tetanus shot because it's so <laughs> old, and that's where. Um, 
George Young used to to do a lot of his lunches there when he was running the Giants, and so yeah, that big lunches for yeah, George. Right, but it's mm-hmm. an amazing place. It, at some point, if you get a chance to go, you should you should go because it really is a uh, a throwback, and they have terrific hot dogs there. They call them Rippers and Wellers because they just leave them in that grease right. to the point where they split open, and so uh, yeah. And, I, I was one. I was one of those guys back in the day. I loved like a, a hot dog on a stand in the city. Mm. Those were great. The sabrettes, the long skinny ones with yeah. some sauerkraut and onions on that thing. Yeah. Those were awesome. Then you think uh-huh. about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. What am I putting in my body? Wow. This thing, how long and who's checking the hot dog? <laughs> they were awesome. Oh yeah. my goodness. That Absolutely. hot mustard. Remember they would dip it into a container and pull it out with like a long stick at the end of a yeah. almost like a mini sword and they would just slap it on each side of the hot dog and so the question is, have you sour. found have you found an acceptable veggie dog that works, man? Have not. Have not. I have uh, I'm working on a few veggie burgers, but most of them I, oh, I'm not a big to... fan of the impossible burger like that that tastes like beef. Yes. Uh, although I've tried them and honestly they've done a fabulous job. Uh, I I would challenge anyone who is a carnivore to eat one and be able to tell the difference through a blind hey. test. But hey, I listen, do I like love, a black I love bean veggie or veggies. I, lo- yeah, I love veggies. Yeah, but I don't spike. do the yeah, beef, uh, black bean burgers, lentil yeah, burgers, exactly. love them. Exactly. I was That's watching. I, I was watching a special last week on uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives. You know, it's been on incessantly. It's on all the time, and they did, they did a whole show on just uh, vegan foods. And he, you know, Guy Fieri was saying, if you were to blindfold me, I would have no idea that there's not meat in these things. So, a lot of people are coming up with a lot of ways that uh, you can uh, trick your mind if you're, uh, yeah, a meat eater, but. I but mean, Johnny, a bunch of chemicals this. doing that, so that concerns me a bit, but absolutely, no question. But Johnny, I'll say this, when when we start talking about black bean burgers, it's probably signals the end of the show. I was just going to say, and with that, uh, check the Food Network. This is like an episode of uh, hot dogs, uh, bean burgers, and the like. But uh, what we want to do is wish everyone out there and their families a happy 4th of July weekend. Happy and healthy, that is. And please don't shoot off any fireworks in your hand like... Uh, like our friend with the Giants did a couple of years ago. I remember, Steve, you and I did a podcast on that down in your basement in Belmar. I remember we did yeah. that at that point. Uh-huh. Right? Okay. Remember that? I we remember did that, coming uh, down, so that was about, about the time, right? Yes, yes, right. absolutely. And we hope that you'll join us next week for another edition of the podcast. For Matt Lachlan and Steve Titchener, I am John McAlevey, and we'll talk with you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.